HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. I'm HRN's Communications Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. This week, we're celebrating Valentine's Day. Whether it's your favorite day of the season or you avoid it like the plague, there's no debating. It's a big day for the world of food and hospitality. Valentine's Day is what we uh, refer to in the industry as a blackout day. I don't feel that my manlyhood is threatened when I order a glass of rosé or, God forbid, a rosé champagne. It's an old Jamaican drink from way back, and we just decided to bring it back into existence. It's a drink that the men, they believe it really does wonders. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara, horrible, starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora, a show about chocolate, and wine, and bread, champagne, and scandal, and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! Consider it done. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the show about all things edible, spreadable, and Breton. Pourable. Pourable into my mouth. Pour it right down your gullet. That's right. With your hosts, Brett and Scott. And Brett and Scott. And I've Scott Bayo. Unfortunately, fired my co host. It just wasn't <laughs> working out. And I just found out that if I just hired a a sound alike. That's not funny because you say it every week and now I'm starting to think that you don't want me around anymore. Is that true? Ah, uh, well, you know. The Are we tr- in a fight? The truth does hurt. So tell me about your week, even though I kind of know most of it, but surprise me anyway. <clears throat> surprise our listeners because that's what, we're not here for us. We're well, here for you. I swam here actually from Manhattan. I took the East River. I'm starting a new workout regiment. Uh, I found she's keto. She's on the whole 30 <laughs> and she swims the river. I found a seal friend on my way over. He brought me to shore and voila, here I am. Um, well, Brett and I spend an unusual amount of time together. So he's being very polite asking me about my week. Although you already know most of the things I did. I we just were said, tell, they're not here for me. <laughs> they're here for, oh wait, there's other people listening. 
uh, approximately four point two billion. Oh my god! Isn't that weird for you guys? I'm the maybe the only one. Oh hey Matt well, and our moms, okay, yeah. of course. <laughs> hey Matt, thanks for listening. Thank you, Matt, for being paid to listen to us. Um, so this week was great. We did a baby shower this Saturday. A baby shower, and we made all kinds of fabulous 1960s style appetizers with a vegan and gluten free options. So I made some vegan vegan uh, chicken chopped liver, liver. Pat- or vegan chicken yeah chicken liver pate I called it, but vegan chopped liver. Yeah, same thing. I used pecans. And actually, you know what I used, Brett and Scott? I knew there was a, a secret twist. A Zara's little it? twist. I used um, portobello mushrooms because when I went to Fairway, there was no shiitake mushrooms, which is what I would normally use. And I realized that, that you port- actually liked the portobello. Well, portobello. I mean, they came out well. They served their purpose in the uh, pate. But- Did I tell you that I, my, one of my first uh, restaurant jobs when I was a busboy was it was a restaurant in Madison, Wisconsin called Portobello's. You did. Is that where you drank Caesar dressing straight yeah, yeah. from the pitcher? Yeah. I think I've talked about this <laughs> on every episode. <laughs> if, I had a, if I had had a job with that that involved that much Caesar dressing, I would talk about it a lot too. I was a really, really good busboy. I was such a good busboy that they would never promote me to being a waiter. <laughs> and one time I asked, and I was like, I mean, everybody else is becoming a waiter except for me. And the guy said, that's just because you're really a good busboy. And I was like, really? You think so? Really, I knew that he just, I was too small. And <laughs> oh. I, I didn't wear deodorant and had long hair and listened to the Allman Brothers Band. Oh, you smelled. Yeah. Yeah. I smoked a lot of pot back then. A smelly then. employee. Well, so everything's <laughs> essentially the same except for the hair. So it turns out, I took 15 years off and I'm back. <laughs> okay, but sorry, go ahead. No, portobello no, I'm just mushroom. saying that I, it dawned on me as I was gathering these portobello Wait, mushrooms. I'm my sunglasses. I know, I was just like, well, that's fine. <laughs> Breton was just wearing sunglasses. And suddenly I, I realized everything was dark. <clears throat> um, I realized that portobello mushrooms are very 1990s. Exactly. That restaurant in Madison was 1990, like if you open the dictionary the urban dictionary that right. is if you google the urban dictionary <laughs> a giant portobello mushroom and a roasted red pepper just flop out at you and mm-hmm. a chocolate lava cake yep and a, yep, all you can all you can eat uh soup from olive garden as yeah well. pours down your pants <laughs> oh you know what else is very 90s that is in that exact same vein like a roasted red pepper wrap mm-hmm. or like a spinach wrap uh i have something to say about the 90s later Please. but uh, no, but I, I can't say it yet. So okay, go ahead. So what else did you make? You made, oh, a coconut cake. I made a coconut cake with a recipe that you gave me. And all I have to say, guys out there, is that I, I'm an okay baker. And by that, I mean sometimes I make things that are just okay. And sometimes I make things that are really delicious. Mm. And I that's because I don't try that hard, if that makes any sense. I approach baking the same way as I approach cooking, which is to kind of throw it together. And sometimes I nail it. And then sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. So that's my admission. However, so I really like but the th- flavor is always good. And f- that's, and that's important. Thank you very much for saying that. Yes. Um, yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. making this coconut cake because it was very forgiving. So we had the Swiss meringue. If anyone out there, Breton, can you tell what everyone what a Swiss meringue is? All right, Swiss meringue buttercream, and we will <laughs> separate from our buttercream episode. But basically, the Swiss meringue buttercream, you kind of heat up some egg whites, and then you whip them, and they get really fluffy and, and whipped, you know, and when you whip egg whites, and then you kind of throw butter in it. Yeah. And then you throw butter in it, of course, sugar. And then when you throw butter, it starts to whip, and it's kind of the perfect texture of both light, airy, and dense at the same time. Exactly. And that's why I think it's so great for making... It, well, yeah, go ahead. No, and, it's, and you can basically... That kind, it kind of... You can keep it cool. You can keep it warm. Yeah. It's a very forgiving buttercream. It's so forgiving. And the thing that I was really 
uh, realizing when I was making uh-huh. the cake uh-huh. is that it doesn't have that same kind of dense stickiness that kind of can pull the cake bits apart because it's so light and fluffy. Yes, fluffy. So even the world's, you know, most uh, disorderly baker, disorganized baker like myself could have an easy time making coconut. And well, then you, you smush freaking shredded coconut all over the outside. No one knows what the hell's going on. That is true. <laughs> and then it looks great. It looks <laughs> amazing. Ever- it's perfect. Wow, that's true. It's the equivalent of a junk drawer, a coconut cake. Yeah, yeah. You can get it. You kind of made a similar, almost like a German chocolate filling. Yes. Which was, I thought, very unique. And, and it was like a coconut curd. Yeah. Right? I, I reduced texture. coconut milk and uh, powdered sugar and then toasted coconut until it was kind of sticky and pudding like and mm, schlepped it and in between the layers. And you made Swedish, savory Swedish meatballs. Not the grape jelly ketchup kind, but, mm-hmm. the, but the Ikea kind. Yes, I made Ikea meatballs. Ikea I just meatballs. got them from Ikea. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I don't have time she for really, this shit. she really didn't. Just so you know, <laughs> no, I didn't. you're like actually you're Zara's listening. twist. <laughs> Zara's little twist. I, I go to, I get everything from IKEA. <laughs> I knew it. I get my meatballs, my spelunks, my Galikensteins. Oh God, I love a spelunk. <laughs> what did you do this week? What did you make, you silly little well, guy? Well, you know, it was Valentine's Day, and I I cut my menu in half for just uh, my boyfriend Preston and I. Mm. It was too much. I mean, I had gobs of food on the menu and we ended up just roasting a chicken with some Brussels you know I thought you know what it's kind of the end of the season of Brussels sprouts and I hadn't made them because I got overly Brussels sprouted this year and last year and the year before that and ever since (laughs) the year 2006 ever since the fateful Brussels sprout confederation 2006 suspenders handlebar mustaches speakeasies Brussels sprouts everywhere (laughs) The everybody just, like everybody was like an old fashioned. What's that? Ooh. Oh, I'll have a Negroni. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. Now everybody's like, um, can I get a spinet? What's a what's a, a sparkling Negroni called? A sp- um, oh, um, sp- oh my god, <laughs> I know, annoying. I forgot. We have to think of it by I've the drank, end of the episode. I've drank too many. Uh, but I made, I finally assembled my hazelnut, my hazelnut praline puffs. Please tell. And us. you know what? I'm very proud of myself because I did things in steps, and I realized when it came to the assembly. You know, you can put everything in your freezer. I kept my, you know, you can make padashu, which is like the cream uh-huh. puff, and you can keep that in the fridge. I kept everything just ready in in squeeze bags. So when I when I came down to making it, I thought, oh my god, I whipped this together in no time. That's and amazing. The miracle of prep work after you work in restaurants and catering. Yeah, you figure things how to do fast. Anyway, so that was really great. Hazelnut praline. Okay, so first of all, praline, for those of you who don't know, is just it's a pure, it's like a peanut butter, but it's made of of caramelized hazelnuts and almonds. Oh, Marona Mia. I mean, oh, so you good, whip good, it. Gracious alive. You whip it in your, I mean, once you make the caramel, you break it into pieces and you puree it into your food processor for a very long time until it becomes a smooth paste. And then you, I add a couple drops of water, a.k.a. Yeah. Zara's tahini thing. Yeah. So that's a, that's was, smart. Yeah. And that's so you're just kind of whip it right into your buttercream. And so pre, uh, mousseline. Mousseline is what I made, which is a, a combination. A it's like, buttercream slash uh, pastry cream. So okay. it's but it's pastry cream with the added bonus of that another 12 tablespoons of butter. Amazing. And it's communist, <clears throat> naturally. Yes. McCarthyism is all over. Me. The red scare is happening. <laughs> Mussolini. So that sounds so delicious. That was it. I just had lots of leftovers, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and that was it. That was it, you know? Splagato, by the way. Splagato? What's that? Negroni spaga- spagato. Oh, spagato. No, spagato. Spagato. No, and we call it spagato when I'm from around my block. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. On first place, it's called spagato. I have just one minute to tell this Gabagool story. Oh my God, please. Do you remember my... Go- I probably said this on the air, but since we're uh, broadcasting to 2.4 billion <clears throat> people, I thought I'd tell everybody right now. Please. Is that 
when I first moved to New York, I used to work at a restaurant called Lupa, and the one of the guys, probably customer, comes in, sits down with his family, and he's like, "Hey, give me some of those prosciutto. Uh, you guys got mozzarella? You got, you got fried calamats?" And I'm like, "Okay, I'm t- jotting all this down." I'm like an <laughs> eager little like brand new waiter. I was like, "Yes, sir, absolutely, sir. Yes, you'll have two of those. Wonderful." And then he says, "Is like, yeah, give me some of that gabagool," and I'm like. A gabagool? I'm so sorry, sir, but we definitely don't have gabagool on the menu today. And I kind of even like made it up. I was like, you know what? Hold on. Let me check with the kitchen because they might have some left. <laughs> and I come back and I said, yep, yeah, I'm so sorry. No gabagool, sir. And he's like, that's so weird because I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe you have a different menu or so. Oh, anyway, no. so he wasn't mad about it. And I go back and my friend Vicky was from Staten Island. I go, can you believe this jackass? He's like, what a dummy. He goes, yeah, it's for gabagool. And she's like, oh my god, like that means what is Capicola. it? It's Capicola. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. And that was the beginning of New York, and I've never been the same. Exactly. That is an amazing first coming to New York story. Uh, Jenny, our good friend Jenny Ulupo, who used to be the CDC at Brucey. Oh, that's uh, a chef de cuisine for those of you that are. <clears throat> that's right. For all you plebeians out there, you not you outsiders. Yeah. Figure it out. Get out. Just of here. go go into like your random neighborhood restaurant kitchen and be like, "Hey, who's the CDC here?" <laughs> and then they'll instantly start sending you free stuff. I want to talk to the CDC <laughs> immediately. Immediate Mont. Um, no, but Jenny Lupo uh, is from New Jersey, and she told me that there's a Halloween store in New Jersey called Gob. Well, and there it is. <laughs> and that's New Jersey. For any of you not from the tri-state area, Breton, you know what else reminds me of New Jersey? What? Today's topic. But it also reminds me of Connecticut, New York, New Hampshire, California, Washington Boston, State, Chicago, Milwaukee, Florida, Texas, Medford, Wisconsin, America, because our topic today is the American and V chili. And because for it's those winter. of you that are just listening, that's Instagram speak for very. Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> because Brett and I are trying to be 23 again. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're starting I- with V. iPhone screen is so small. <laughs> um, so, our topic today, guys, is Breton Frozen Zaws. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> frozen pizza, everybody. Frozen pizza. Now, Breton's putting a button on. Can you tell us what the button yeah. says? I found this at a thrift store and it says, my uh, button says pizza makes me passionate. Oh, and guess what it says? It says Tombstone Pizza, <gasps> Medford, Wisconsin. I am beyond jealous of that because Tombstone is my favorite kind of frozen pizza, or at least it was. I haven't really eaten frozen pizza in over a decade. But well, you know the funny thing is the I was looking at the story of Tombstone for this week and. It was two brothers, whatever. They're Medford, Wisconsin's way up in northern Wisconsin. Oh. And you can only imagine how cold it gets up there. That's a cool. So there's two brothers, right? And they got a pizzeria and they start making frozen stuff, selling it on, you know, companies are asking, people are <laughs> tearing down the walls to get that. You know, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Anyway, <laughs> but they were across the street from a cemetery. And I thought, isn't that funny to name a food company after that reminds us of death it's and bizarre. decaying bodies and it works it is so it popular works. it's the oddest thing you might as well call it like crematorium cereal puffs <laughs> <Yeah>. crematorium <laughs> oh i love mom mom <laughs> can we get the cremation puffs aaron ate all the rest of the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody ate the, well, the last morgue dog <laughs> okay so you know oh my god somebody's dancing how dare they oh goodness gracious. okay so now tell me i want to hear should we talk about some history first? yeah let's let's hear about what you got to tell us about frozen pizza well okay everybody pull up a chair light your pipe smoke some crack pipe smoke some weed <laughs> I, i'm by the way i'm completely sober today which is probably why i sound very boring and i can't remember anything 
<laughs> sober. Um, except for the alcohol that's still swimming in my bloodstream from the last 18 years. Okay. So, uh, history. History lesson, folks. First of all, you have to remember that pizza is kind of new to America. It really wasn't even popular. It wasn't super popular until the 1930s. And think after the Prohibition, uh, people started opening up lots of bars and restaurants, especially in the East Coast is kind of where pizza came because that's where the Italians were coming. Right. <clears throat> but remember that all the people that opened up these pizzerias were, hey, just, you know, they were immigrants, oh, but they yeah. were actually became Americans. Oh, isn't that nice? We should have, uh, we had just built a wall at that time. We I wouldn't know. have had any of this disgusting pizza. We wouldn't even be here sitting in Roberta's right now, the pizzeria. Oh my gosh, we are, <clears throat> we are actually recording our episode in a pizzeria. Okay, so basically pizza's getting up and coming. People are like, wow, it's actually like a really cool thing. You can, it's pretty easy. Uh, you know, you get an oven, you get some dough. It's not, you know, it's pretty high profit margin. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, that happens. And then in 1950, there was even records of a patent um, by somebody named, I think it was like somebody, Jay Bucci. And he patented how to make a frozen pizza. Yeah, it was the Celeste. It was not Celeste, but it was like Celeste or something. Something or like that, yeah. Celeste. It wasn't Mama Celeste, but it was a different kind mm-hmm. of talent. Just Zara like and that. I both kind of did our own separate research, so we're going to find it right now. But now, if you go back to our ice episode, Zara, if you remember this, is because... I sure do. Yeah, and I don't even remember, but it's like episode <laughs> two or three or four or something. But basically in the ICE episode, I talked about what happened with our food industry and what happened because of the electric refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So now you figure after the war, everybody's by like 1930s, 40s, pretty much everybody's starting to get a refrigerator and one of those tiny little <laughs> freezers in their homes. But, right, like the freezer that's kind of in the refrigerator, like the little nook that has like an ice yeah, block it's, in it. it's just the... It's the it's the Freon running through and they're like, yeah. oh, here, you can put like one single, <laughs> one single hand pie in there. Bobby's pocket pies. Bobby's pocket pies. So pizza started to take off. Frozen pizza, that is. And people started selling it. And of course, as pizzas got bigger, our economy got better and people are getting bigger houses and bigger freezers. They're bigger like, asses. let's, let's hit bigger asses grandma's like wait let's get a chest freezer and put it in our basement we need to f- we need to fill it with you gatorade know, gatorade purple fr- stuff no so, jay of course you know the scare of like another apocalypse is still looming over mm. you know everybody's yes. becoming communist it's horrible and all the mussolini or the mussolini yeah if only they knew that we'd be that we'd be <laughs> that our president would be a communist yeah years later and get right into that white house so people are starting to want frozen things and convenience yeah right so that's that. I mean, that's kind of the short history of what happened of how, and yeah. also pizza's fucking delicious. It is fucking delicious. And I never swear. Well, that's about as true as when the other day you said that you've never been drunk, but yeah, you yeah. are good about <laughs> swearing on the show. Now on that note, maybe we should go to a quick break and then we come back. Well, I'm going to give you a fun story about the history of a mm. very famous pizza dynasty. I can barely wait. See you in a minute. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. It's Todd Shulkin, the host of Inside Julia's Kitchen here on HRN. Inside Julia's Kitchen carries on Julia Child's legacy of introducing the brightest lights in the food world to a wider audience, just as Julia did from her home kitchen. Look for Inside Julia's Kitchen wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org.
My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, can... that commercial—I just threw my neck out, headbanging like a, we were both a bunch of old so-and-so. Oh my god, my sciatica! One time, actually, we put on Guns and Roses at the restaurant when we were getting ready, setting up, and I did a fake headbang, and I threw and out my really neck did, yeah. so bad yeah. that I had to go to the chiropractor and lay in bed for like four days. So, mm-hmm. be careful. They say the number. My dad, my dad, my dad's a doctor, and he always said some of the the worst injuries come from just fake those, dancing, like fake dancing, yeah, sneezes, coughing. Folks, oh yeah, it's a jungle out there. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch every morning is all I can say. Well, speaking of Roberta's, they have a, some delicious. Then this is not an ad. This is just a honest suggestion. They mm-hmm. now are doing uh, some beautiful, lovely frozen pizzas, which I haven't had. But when I was reading about everyone's favorite kind of frozen pizza, unanimously, pretty much people say Roberta's frozen pizza is the most um, delicious. Right before you get into your stories, are yes, I just want to tell everybody how big the frozen pizza business is in. And if you're thinking about getting into business, like yes. don't be. Don't be turned off. The global pizza business right now is valued at around $11.1 billion. And by the year, t- simply 2023, which is going to happen in the snap of a finger, as you know, just like you turn 40 and 50, is uh, it's going to be up to $17.2 billion. Oh, my gosh. Folks, cash in. It's better than the weed business. Sorry. I want to hear, hear what's going 2023, on. 2023, Beto O'Rourke will be president. The uh, pizza <laughs> will be flowing like frozen pizza will be flowing like wine. Donald everybody's Trump will be in jail. Gonna, everybody's going to get a free chest freezer when the, <laughs> when the regime ends. Go ahead. So what the, what's happened? Okay, I so I want to tell you the story today about oh, a woman stories. named Rose Totino. Wait a second. I know that word. Rose Totino. Wait a second. That makes me think of marijuana in college and... Burning the top of your mouth. (laughs) Burning the top of my mouth, (laughs) injecting, yeah, gum blisters. You just bite into like a mini tiny like square of like blazing hot Mom, I burned my alveolar ridge. That's the top part of your mouth, (laughs) (laughs) which is true. Oh my God. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit later about Totino's pizza rolls. They're not exactly as Totino's as one would think. But anyway, so Rose Totino, her original name was Cruacini. Sorry, I'm a bad Italian. I'm only half Italian, so the pronunciation is not my my best part. Uh, She's born in 1915, the fourth of seven children. Well, how about that? I know. Her parents had come to America. That actually wasn't that much. That's not a lot of children for that time. I know. Some people had like 15 children. Well, because they needed people to help out on the farm. That's true. Yeah. But imagine what that does to, you know, one's body. Can you imagine just flapping around in the wind? Yeah, yeah. Um, so her parents had come to America five years before, and they migrated to, they settled in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota, the pizza capital of America. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's, I don't understand. <laughs> so she went to school until she was about 16 years old, and then she left, and she got a job cleaning houses. She, like, dropped out in 10th grade, yeah, and classic. she was making $2.50 a week. Oh, so she makes more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she was rich by your standards. Too many crickets. <laughs> Go ahead. Now I'm sitting here saving. Oh, my God. So uh, as a young woman, she even took on the mayor of Minneapolis because her father had uh, almost been fired for not being a full-fledged citizen. So this is just to kind of highlight her passion her for, passion. for her family. Nobody mess with Mrs. Totino. Don't you get You're going to get all... <laughs> hey, Mrs. Crochino. <laughs> you're going to come over here and you're going to get the back of my hand. 
Um, okay, so she attended a dance party where she met her, her husband, whose name was Jim. And Jim was a baker who also had only a 10th grade education. But they fell in love. They loved each other. Um, she was He was earning 30 cents, uh, 37 cents an hour. She was getting two fifty a week. They were kind of in dire straits. Mm-hmm. Although for in 1934 money, that was like a million dollars a year. Yeah, that's, again, more than I'm making right now. So they have a bunch of kids. Everyone says they should open a restaurant because Rose is always bringing things to the PTA. So she's bringing cookies. That's right. Yeah, right? yeah. She's bringing like cookies and pies, but then she's also like, oh, well, let's throw a pizza together for the rest of us adults. Yeah, and we'll sit around and uh, play bridge and drink some cognac. I'm picturing her as a real tough lady, but hot. Like yeah, sexy yeah. and hot, but like with a real mouth on her. She's got a real set of pipes. I need to look up some pictures of her she's right cute. now. She's cute. She All was right. very cute. She was in some of the Totino's, ad, Totino's ads uh, in the 1970s. All right, put your car in park, Google a picture. Okay, you're back. Get Got out it. the Luberderm yeah. and Google a picture of Rose Totino. You're going to have a great time. Second. That's weird. <laughs> so everyone's like, you should open a restaurant. You should open a restaurant. I've heard that before. Here's the thing, people. If you're a good cook, doesn't mean that you should open a restaurant, okay? Keep cooking. You'll be happy. <laughs> Just do it at home and be an accountant. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, like... You'll be able to pay for more things to make. Yeah, you'll be able to have like reasonable relationships with other people and not lose your temper all the time. Uh, you you won't die alone. So anyway, she they end up uh, deciding that they're going to open a restaurant. Now, as Breton had mentioned, pizza had been in America for about 50 years at that point. Um, but it was still considered like an exotic, uh, like an ethnic food. Like how we would be like today, like, oh, let's go out for some Indian food. People were like... Oh, you know, pizza. We had pizza last month. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't like what it is today. Anyway, so they decide to put their house up for and car up for collateral, and they go to the bank to get a loan. They need 1500 bucks to open this restaurant. And the bank guy is like, What the hell is pizza? You want to, you want money to open what? And so she. Isn't that crazy? Just to think people, the common people didn't know what one of the most common foods of today's industry is. He's like, that doesn't look like a toodle doodle hot dish. I don't know what it is. Is it any good? (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) I don't know what this pizza thing is, but I'm pretty sure that that's not what's going to make money, okay? Do you fold it? Do you, what do you do with it? Do you put it in your pocket? I don't understand it. So anyway, she bakes them. Some pizzas. Oh, hold up. Get that oven. Crank the oven. 550. Let's do this. Exactly. And brings the pizza to the bank. Hot blazing like, hey, your pizza's here. Brings blazing hot pizza to the bank. They get the loan. So wow. at first they start. She's like, oh, all we need to do is 25 pizzas a week. And we're going to make our money. And we can pay the rent. And it'll be fine. They uh, do that times like 10 in the first couple of weeks. So Jim quits his job. They do pizza nonstop. Um, within the first couple of years, they're now doing almost 500 pizzas a day on the weekends. That is insanity. So they needed 25 a week and they're doing 500 a day. So then they decide, uh, to open Totino's Fine Fine Foods, which is a factory, um, right outside of Minneapolis. And they start doing frozen pasta dinners and not pizza, but it wasn't Mm, very good and nobody liked it. So they almost went bankrupt because it was disgusting. And then they started doing frozen pizzas, but it still wasn't great. (laughs) Disgusting. But apparently I was reading a lot about frozen pizza and how it was really like not great for a long time. And, you know, often still isn't great, but they're having a a really hard time figuring out how to make it well, because when crispy. You, and we're going to talk about that later, about yeah. making your own freeze, frozen pizzas or anything. But yeah, there's a whole thing with like how much moisture the, the tomato sauce has and that sinks, you know, how fast the pizzas are frozen. Yeah. Right? Right, so like flash freezing. Totally. 
Anyway, so ro- they end up working it out. They figure it out. They start this company. It's going really, really well. They're selling to a lot of local restaurants and a lot of local supermarkets. Then it kind of takes off. Um, and in the height of their popularity, in 1975, they sell to Pillsbury for a reported $22 million, which in today's money is over $10 billion. <laughs> you just Zara, Zara's math. Sure, sounds great. You know what's so funny is I read that they offered her 15, and she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, We're gonna, we need twenty or more. She's like fungula la mamra. I'm gonna take. You I'm gonna twenty two or nothing. <laughs> like I invented. Please, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's like shove it in your ear. Um. So anyway, Jim's health starts failing, and she joins the board. Um. She's a VP. She's the first female VP ever at Pillsbury. Wow. This is. Right. She's, she's a go-getter. Real go-getter. She's a real self-starter. go-getter. Self-starter. Real self-starter. She pulled herself up by those nasty-ass <laughs> bootstraps. We're looking for a self-starter, somebody that wakes up in the morning and really is ready to go and get the, get a, get a go-get them attitude. A real people a person. A real carpe diem. A real team player. <laughs> so, yeah, a she's real like, carpe please, diem. team. She's like, only team. <laughs> There's no we in team. It's me. It's me. And my husband, uh, Jim. Totinos. <laughs> the Totinos. Um, so, anyway... Uh, she's brokering deals. She's a like high-powered VP. They uh, patent the technology that they use to get the crisp crusty. She starts taking bar method. She's doing Pilates. <laughs> she's learning Japanese. <laughs> she's on the keto diet. She no longer <laughs> eats pizza. She's done with it. Gluten-free. She's taking CBD. She's doing <laughs> yoga four times a week. Um, so she stays in past age 70, which they normally ask. They make people retire at 70, but it said that she was a regular part of the Pillsbury you know, higher ups until she died in the 1990s. Wow. Um, today, Totino's has sales of over $300 million a year. It's the second most popular frozen pizza brand. She died in 1994. Um, she was only 79 years old, which is old enough, but not as old as mm-hmm. you would think. This I thought this woman would live past, well past 100. She seems like she's got a real firecracker. But anyway, she became the first woman elected to the Frozen Food Hall of Fame. And before her... Be- I want to be in this. You know what? I I want a slice of that pie. I want to be indicted. In, in, Are you inducted. kidding? You deserve. We should I be indicted. I you, be in, well, sorry, just, I'm watching too much. <laughs> you're watching too much CNN. Yeah. I want to be indicted. It looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you get to go on vacation every weekend and go golfing. How fabulous! This is the like Donald Trump episode. Um, okay, so anyway, she was inducted into the uh, Frozen Food Hall of Fame. And before she died, she's quoted as saying, never in my wildest dreams that I imagined we ever grow this big. We didn't plan on setting the world on fire. We just knew how to make good pizza. Well, if that is not a lesson in life, you tell me what is. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Now, what I wanted to also mention is that she did not, uh, Totina's did not invent the pizza roll. It was a guy named Gino Palucci. Yeah. He invented was... Gino's pizza rolls in the in 1968. And they, Totino's took over the name when uh, the Gino's Pizza Rolls sold the company to Pillsbury in 1985. So she was really doing the frozen pizza thing. Can I tell you something? I gotta be honest with you, please, for a second. I'm just gonna lay something on you right Mm -hmm. here. Didn't ever know that Totino's made frozen pizza. I only knew about the pizza rolls. Oh, I did. I did. Have you Uh, had it? Yes, a long time ago. Well, you know, in the... (laughs) Back in the 80s. <laughs> we're, skip the 90s. Please, paint the picture for us. Paint the picture. 80s. <laughs> Yellow phones. I don't know what else was in the 80s. I don't, I don't remember. Who let's cares? not revisit that time. Yeah. If men in short shorts, police, straight everybody. Straight men in short socially shorts. Socially acceptable short shorts. Yeah. Yes. So Lots of I remember a lot of, there was a brand kind of repopularized in the 70s by a company, again, in Minnesota. What the hell? It's cold up there. There's nothing else to do except 
invent multi-million dollar companies. It's like if you walk outside with a normal pizza, it freezes because it's so cold there. So yeah. you're like, why don't we just sell this shit? But there was that company, Schwann's. 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 Schwann's, yes, which was a, a frozen food delivery company. And they had a brand called Red Baron, which kind right. of, I don't know, it just felt fancy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. I have had that. Yeah, so there was that. What were we talking Isn't a Schwanz like another name for like a cock? Yeah, like I got a big Schwanz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh my God, his Schwanz was like amazing. Yeah, yeah. Listen, anyone out there with a decent Schwanz, please call me. Yeah, email. <laughs> please email at lifesbanquet gmail.com. We love pizza picks. Pick, 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 Okay, so. So should we do our chef recommends for our tips about the freezer, essentially? Well, what a great idea. What a great idea. Now, you said What's, you some you so, were going to mention about dough. Yeah, here's something I just discovered very late in life. Uh, I'm actually it turns out I'm a lesbian. Oh, <laughs> I have two cats. <laughs> I wear wool socks. <laughs> I wear clogs to bed. I don't know. Things are happening. No, just kidding. Uh, can I get in trouble for that? For being a lesbian? Yeah. You can be whatever you want. It's the year 2019. No, for for. Uh, stereotyping an entire breed of human. That's I terrible. think it's okay, but we should move right past it. Yeah, exactly. Keep going. So listen. Uh, <laughs> I'm, hello. So uh, I forgot what Frozen I was Frozen pizza dough. Frozen, pizza, Frozen dough. pizza dough. So I went to this pizzeria that's in Long Island at Huntington. I'm not going to give away the secret because I do not want them to become overly Instagrammed, but it's called Little Vincent's in it's Huntington. It's the best. <laughs> I won't mention their name. In my and Just kidding. It's the best. And uh, Zara enlightened me and said, why don't you ask them for some frozen pizza dough or from, from pizza dough? Yeah. And I went home and I stuck it in my freezer and the guy was very concerned about how long it was going to be room temperature. What He gave me the right one that was proofing at the right time. It took him 10 minutes to select yeah. the actual dough. I shoved it in my freezer and I already did bake one of them. So now I'm thinking here's, of course, I'm not the first person that's ever baked frozen dough, but it was very interesting to think, hmm, well, that's interesting. You can kind of keep some fabulous dough that somebody else has made. Absolutely. It's a great tip. I always get dough from a pizzeria because I'm not much of a, I've never baked bread before in my life yeah. of any kind. I've never worked with yeast at all. You know, my uh, brother's girlfriend, Stacy Marcellus, owns a company called Capello's. Yes. Which is a little plug here, but it's in every Whole Foods. Go ahead. Get, and she makes uh, her a, a grain-free gluten-free pizza crust out of uh, almonds, almond flour. That's awesome. Um, it says so in the box. I didn't give away the what secret. What up, Stacey? She's yeah. the best. Kardashians love it. Oh, um, but well. anyway, so she sells these crusts, and I get I get them sometimes because she gives me little coupons. Uh, and so that's another way of, like, adding, you know, it's it doesn't rise, so you don't have to worry about that. Right. But get your toppings out. So you're saying your tip is to not... Oh, wait, what is my tip? To, well, I'm going to summarize it for you. I'm oh, going to help you. you. I'm going to bring you to the crest yeah, yeah, of the yeah. mountain here. What's happening? There's so many <laughs> it's ideas. okay, Breton. Just breathe. Yeah. Um, your tip, I would, if I'm understanding you correctly, we're in like a couple therapy session. Mm-hmm. So if I'm hearing you, yeah, I'm hearing so you it, say... It sounds that, like you like to put <laughs> toppings on your dough. Your <laughs> tip is that you suggest that people get frozen dough and then do the rest themselves instead of getting a whole frozen pie. <clears throat> I used to make my own... Pe- I make my own pizzas a lot and I've frozen a lot of them and mm-hmm. there something does happen. That's the one thing where I think it dr- either dries out yeah. or something. I'm still working on it. Right. I'm going to be the next Totino's. Amazing. Bretinos. Uh, yeah, Bretonos. Bretonos. <laughs> yeah. My tip is going to be for getting a frozen pizza that you kind of like, if you mm-hmm. find one that's delicious, and then instead of just settling for you know a round pile of slop with some kind of 
government cheese on like it. Like hamburger, hamburger crumbled meats, which are tiny pellets that right, of sawdust. Yes. Instead of just having a sawdust pizza, people, add something else to the mix. But seriously, get a frozen pizza. Uh, hopefully it's a Roberta's frozen pizza or a Capello's. We don't support anybody here. Well, we did that's just our <laughs> personal feelings. Or Elio's. Um, and then take some fun things that you have around the house. Or maybe go out and shop for a couple of cool things. Like maybe you get a regular cheese pie, a DiGiorno, and then you cover it with like really fancy pepperoni and make that a kind of... Put a steak on it. Put an egg on it. Yeah, put a steak and egg sandwich on it. Yeah, you no, can but do really, anything. Find your own toppings on the already frozen pizza thing and just make it a little bit more lively and fun. When I was in seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade... I used to have a health teacher um, who taught us all kinds of things about our bodies and sexuality and that. And the one thing that he really, really loved to do to every class was tell his stories about when he worked at a frozen pizza factory in Wisconsin. Really? Probably it was Tombstone. And he used to tell us stories about those little hamburger pellets that one time a guy fell into the vat of oh, meat and that, no. and they didn't tell anybody. And then he used to tell us that one time a guy vomited into the vat and he watched him and then they put all that was became those little sausage pellets, the yeah. hamburger, hamburger pizza pellets, and that it just went out in production and it went out into the world. Yeah, well I mean I everyone... one time he lost his wedding there was a wedding ring that fell into the vat. A wedding ring? Yeah, yeah. These were all like insider stories that I heard for real. The guy worked there. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mr. So and so. Yeah, I won't give his name out. Mr. Shannon. So anyway, He's probably, it was Michael Shannon, yeah, no, the creepiest actor good. in the world. Um, okay, so what are your, for our top three, what are your top three for your, uh, favorite frozen pizzas? Okay, well, now I am from Wisconsin, as mentioned 14 times in the last hour, <laughs> and 72 times What's in the last What's it like, week. Breton? Yeah. Please tell very, us about it. Very cold, lots of, lots of brats and beer and onions and... Cheese. Yes, cheese, fried cheese curds everywhere, gozing, gozing. <laughs> Um, but the I love a tombstone. I love a tombstone because you don't want to know why. I love bar pies. What do you want on your tombstone? I, you know what? I get mine since I've been a, a young, snobbish child. I would always decorate my own. So I'd get blank cheese mm-hmm. and then put my very own topping. <laughs> blank, blank cheese. Blankety blank cheese. No, I would get a plain cheese yeah. and then add my own toppings. I prefer, I love mushrooms and onions. Mm. Um, What's number two? Number two is, well, you know... I hate to say it. it's not delivery, but it is DiGiorno. DiGiorno. I did like that 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 puffy crust. Puffy crust, which that was very new to the industry back in picture it, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, the year I graduated high school. But oh god, I don't. Oh god, poor thing. <laughs> I <laughs> poor was thing. in tenth grade. Okay, yeah, he's in, <laughs> he, he's entering. He the looks a little shortly. weak. Uh, but yeah, so that one, and then I would say my number. one. I love Red Baron. Oh. I loved the Red Baron. I, it was kind of like a tombstone. It was a little bit larger, I believe. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, this always reminds me. Remember those pizza makers mm-hmm. that they would have in bars? Yes. Which I think that was like the pseudo bar pie. But I used, there used to be one in my dorm room in Wisconsin <laughs> where I went to college. <laughs> I'm sorry, where? In Wisconsin. Look, University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. And they would sell them for like five bucks. And oh, really? they would always make the, the they, those were tombstone. And I have a very, very just vivid memory of just getting so stoned and yeah. not studying statistics in which I did get a D minus in <laughs> <laughs> like D minus. That's really, but that's I had lots of pizzas and look here I am. And here we are sitting in the studio. Here you are today. You made it to the top of their height of fame. Um, okay. My top three. Mm-hmm. 
two of them are alt. One of them is a regular kind. Actually, they're all alt. Oh, oh I'm so excited yeah. to hear the brand. <clears throat> Number right. three. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the, the evening, morning. pizza at, at supper, supper time. time. When pizza's on a bagel, oh, duh, that is you not... can eat pizza anytime. Don't fucking even say it. I can. My top three can be whatever I want. My number three is bagel bites. I wholly support this. Hell I, yeah, I took get out of here. This when, podcast is over. When when they said you could have it at any time, I took that very seriously. I Me had too. it for many a breakfast. Yes, I did too. In the middle of the night, in the shower, in the bath, at school, on a hike when you're running at the gym during sex listen anytime you guys need to start you need to expand your minds go ahead number we, two we were expanding our minds we were eating pizza anytime and it was on a fucking little bagel um oh, that's right totino's pizza rolls okay the okay. mouth burning sensation that has probably ripped me like my taste buds from my mouth from as my dad as a doctor said almost all of those <laughs> emergency Emergency visits were from totino's pizza rolls yeah. in the 80s i mean don't even get me started do, do not try to put them up your butt Exactly. If I've <laughs> if I've heard that once, I've heard it a million, million times. times. And then number one. Oh, here we are. Drum roll. Stouffer's French bread yes. pizza. Oh, you are classy. French Long bread. Island. We didn't have that stuff. They're from France. They're from French bread. Yes. They're very classy. So those are my favorite three kinds. Guys, I don't like love French pizza. I don't love French pizza. I don't love frozen pizza anymore, but I do have such like a deep nostalgia for it. And it if is- there was a kitchen here, we were going to bring them but then we, we thought it was kind of weird to bring frozen pizza to yeah. pizzeria i have them at home so we'll have to eat them and we'll give you a report next week on how much we like them okay when i worked one of my first jobs in the kitchen was at little caesar's pizza in sheboygan wisconsin and <laughs> sorry I, I gotta stop and anyway i worked at little caesar's and i used to always get in trouble because i would always throw the pizza dough. i would like i was like oh, when the moon hits your eye and i'd be like that people would come in and i'd be there be like look at that guy he's throwing the pizza high in the air like a real pizzeria and Except i did it's just like sticking like everywhere rolled up my sleeves anyway Little Caesars back in the day when it was like pizza, pizza, two of them, they would sell them par cooked mm. and you could stick them in your freezer, which was very strange because they would put them in those double things. And I Heck. thought, who was a freezer? But then I realized they would give them to grandma and she put them in her chest in freezer. In her chest freezer. So yeah. grandmas, grandpas, great uncles, great aunts, great <laughs> non gendered anybody. Uh, Second please, cousins. Yeah, please go ahead and send us, uh, if you find a, one of those original par-cooked Little Caesars, please yes, let please. us know. Send it, please send it directly to lifespanquetshow at yeah. gmail.com. But so those were kind of cool because they were par-cooked and then they it sort of helped prevent the the odd the odd part like when you try to put a raw pizza in the right. freezer. Right, that is an issue. And they did come out pretty well. I don't know whatever happened with that. but um, I have a listener email. Oh, how exciting. We have a couple minutes left. Can I read it? Yeah, Because it's very nice. And I, I would like to uh, read like it. nice emails. Thank you so much, <clears throat> listeners. Really? Thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. Absolutely. Mom and Breton's mom and, and Matt. Matt. <laughs> and Matt, our Matt. producer. All three of you. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Okay. <clears throat> hey, guys. I just wanted to write in and say that I really love listening to your show, exclamation point. I live right outside of Kansas City, Missouri, and I look forward to your show each love week Kansas as a sneak City. peek into what life in New York City must be like. Oh, it's exotic. It's beyond. Um, I am 27 and I've actually never been, but I feel like when I eventually do visit, I'll be well prepared by listening to LAB, which by the way, sidebar, I just wanted to mention, I think we should start coining a term for our listeners and calling them, I was thinking maybe like labradoodles. 
Mm, yeah, real cute. <laughs> we'll think, we're working on that one. Please send su- yeah. suggestions of what you'd like to be called to Life's Banquet Show at gmail.com, along with your dick pics and pizza pics. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, back to the letter. I especially enjoy how you guys... how. Y- I especially enjoy your guys' irreverent approach to storytelling. We are irreverent, yes. Your, quote, Larry David moments and how you both speak so candidly and honestly about both your success and failures. Not only does your show make me laugh, but it gives me the confidence to try new recipes at home, knowing that the real point is to, quote, just have fun. Thank you for bringing some levity and approachability to the often unattainably aspirational genre. You guys rock. (laughs) Hungrily, John. Oh my God! Thank you, John. That is a really, really nice thing Isn't to say. Isn't that a really thoughtful? You know email? what? That is true. On a closing note, I did want to, one of my friends uh, from Minnesota, uh, Phil Kitzer, if you're listening, God. Phil Sup, Kitzer. Phil? He said, "Oh, what I love about you guys is that you uh, make sure that you it's attainable that there is no snobbery here." And I used to be a snob, and I am in certain ways. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because you said used to be. <laughs> just like I used to, just like I used to not drink. Uh, yeah. Or I never used. Brent to the other drink. day said he's never been drunk. No, but it's true. I. <laughs> Highbrow, low bar, right? That's the fashionable thing right now. Yeah. And it's okay to like frozen pizza. I think for me, it was, I wish that there was something that was higher quality and had better meat. It, now like we have Roberta's. Uh, so, and that's why I kind of like to buy the crust and then kind of make my own thing. Exactly. Of course, I'm a cook and I'm going to make my own deal. But, you know, uh, but the whole point is to have fun with whatever you're cooking. and Absolutely. Uh, and just make sure, I always tell people, make sure you cook your pizza on either a pizza stone or a baking steel. That is a very good tip, no if matter what kind of pizza you make, because yeah, it makes and it remember, crunchy. just put in the tip. Yes, just the tip, mm-hmm. always. Just the tip of the pizza? So just like the teeny tip <laughs> and the rest of it you should eat cold? Well, eventually just slide the whole thing. I like a pizza pill myself. Oh, yeah. A pizza the pill oven. is good. Oh, the moon hits. What about you? Yeah. Last minute cooking tips for, for oh, pizzas? Well, I guess my last minute cooking t- tips for pizza and to kind of address what uh, John said in the letter, it's very nice because we really are trying to do that here. There is so much fussiness in food now, and I think really just honestly making whatever makes you happy and is fun. Please don't ever forget that this is supposed to be fun. If you are, yeah, you're right. If you're lucky enough to get to have food that's, you know, that you can have fun with, right? (laughs) But really, I mean, some people can't even eat. But so if we we are privileged to be able to have fun with food, just do that and don't don't worry so much about it because at the end of the day, we're all going to die within the next, you know. Five to ten minutes. Perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to drink this entire liquor cabinet right okay, now. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, guys, it's not delivery. It's life's a banquet. That's right. Thank you very much for listening. And again, we will see you next week, same time, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Asta la frozen pizza. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.